you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Greetings and welcome to the NFL Fantasy Live official draft kit podcast. Jason Smith alongside Michael Fabiano and Elliot Harrison over the next hour. We're going to take you through everything as far as we see it right now to get you ready for your fantasy season. Our mantra is start early, draft better. We'll give you sleepers, deep sleepers, guys to avoid. We've already had our first mock draft and saw some eye-opening things. We're all ready to go. We're doing fantasy 365, 24-7. In fact, Michael Fabiano, you haven't slept in a month and a half getting ready for the draft kit launch. Yeah, I'm telling you something right now. I could really use some rest, but uh, I think I got about an hour or so in me before I hit the old nap time. You do? You give us an hour? I think we got an hour. All right. Well, remember, I was up at about quarter to five this morning. Well, actually, I was up at four. I was here quarter to five to do NFL AM, and, you know, Harrison knows I'm I'm running on fumes uh, here at uh, almost three o'clock Pacific. That's why you recommended to, to draft Danny White. I saw that this morning on the show. Hey, listen, you know what? If Danny White were out there, <laughs> I'd take him. I was a big fan of Danny White. He's part of the reason why I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Wait, wait, wait. Fake Jerry Jones is here as well. Uh, were you high on Danny White when he played quarterback for the Cowboys? We cut his... Uh... But <laughs> in midseason form already, I got forty-eight. I got forty-eight minutes in me. You do forty-eight. I, I had a bad hamburger the other night, so I'm just, <laughs> nice. I'm just, uh, you know. All right, you're gonna guard Tim Duncan if you got a full forty-eight minutes in you. That's what we're gonna have. All the right, big so, fundamental. All right, what everybody wants to know. Everybody wants to know sleepers, deep sleepers. Let's kick things off that way. Fabs, give me three sleepers off your list. Again, the draft kit available right now. NFL.com/slash/fantasy or NFL.com/slash/draftkit. Either one will take you to all our stuff. Sleepers, everybody wants Fabs. Who do you got? I'm going to go with three running backs. The first one is Lamar Miller, who I've been talking about all offseason. The number one guy in Miami, and I love the lineage of Miami of Florida running backs. In lineage. terms of what? That's a pretty good word. You like that? I like that. All right. Jeez, Harrison, I do have a <laughs> He was giving you a compliment. He was telling I you. I know, lineage. but it's a backhanded compliment like from it. Harrison. It's like him saying, wow, you actually used a big word. That's exactly what I heard. So anyways. Yeah, you're probably right. That is a backhanded compliment. Exactly. You've now got that I think about it. Guys like Edger and James and Clinton Portis and Frank Gore, Willis McGahee, and I think this kid could be in line to be the next of the great Miami, Florida running backs to put up very good fantasy numbers. I also like Le'Veon Bell, the kid in Pittsburgh. Coming out of Michigan State, he's a good fit for that offense that Todd Haley is going to run. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a bruiser, and I don't see a lot of competition there with Isaac Redman and Jonathan Dwyer. I think those guys proved last year they're not number one running backs at the NFL level. And another running back, David Wilson in New York, uh, had averaged about five yards of carry as a rookie. Didn't see a lot of time. Ahmad Bradshaw's gone. I think he'll share some of the workload, short yardage, goal line with Andre Brown. But overall, Wilson is a guy who I think could rush for 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns this and season. And if you're in a return league, 
it's extra extra valuable to have David Wilson if he's back there returning kicks. I saw sure. you saw what he did against the Saints last year. Yep. Kind of like T. Y. Hilton esque. T. Y. Hilton was decent fantasy receiver last year, but he gave you a lot in the return game. I'm just going to back in Fab some of Fab's running backs with a couple of my own. You have a lineage uh, of running backs you can give us. Well, I, I don't know, but I have fantasy running back Smarty lore. Marty Pants Smith. Okay, we have yeah. lore. Lore and lineage is pretty good. I, I like that. I, I learned that from playing D and D. You watch or uh, you watch Game of Thrones. You know, I actually did watch uh, Game of Thrones the other night. Oh, my just, God. How about the last three minutes? At, it's just, like the bloodiest three minutes in television history. But it wasn't even realistic. If you cut someone's throat like that, it's going to spray all over the place, not go dripping down your neck. Well, well it's, what are you kidding with? At the end, it sprayed all the way out, the two people that had no, their No, it was cut. just dripping down their I'm, neck. Oh, you're not I almost crazy. tweeted you, Jason, because the kid, or one of the guys, because I don't watch the show. Is from, from, from Love Actually. From Love Actually. It's the kid. We, I'm like, hey, that's the kid who played the drums. But that's my least favorite uh, subplot to Love Actually. The one, the Liam Neeson father-son relationship, that's probably my least favorite of the little stories they fall. But we digress too much. <laughs> so I got uh, Fabs. I got Daryl Richardson. Yep. Uh, Steven Jackson's not there anymore. Uh, last year, Isaiah Pede was supposed to be the guy in St. Louis if it wasn't Jackson. And Daryl Richardson just flat out beat him out, had a great preseason. He's explosive. I think he's going to have an opportunity to be the number one back, whatever that is in the and NFL remember, anymore. Pete is suspended for the first game. Exactly. So exactly. So the Rams certainly can't be high on Pete. Uh, outside of Richardson, I, I I think you can roll the dice in Rashard Mendenhall. Obviously, it's something that you're going to need to watch. We're in early June right now, but Rashard Mendenhall is a guy that I think that Bruce Arians likes to have one back, and yep. he wants to use one back all the time. And Rashard Mendenhall, if he can win, he played under Arians at when Arians was offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. That's another guy I would look at. Again, obviously, with any running back that we name or any position, you have to follow the news. You never know when a guy is going to turn his ankle. You never know when a team is really high on a player. I heard really good reports, for example, about Greg Little uh, yeah. from the Browns. You know, if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss little things like that. So I'm saying in early June, I like looking out for these guys. Yeah, see, I'm thinking long term. I actually like Ryan Williams, and I think more than here was the signing – for Mendenhall to let's one year and see how good he is. I think this was a, hey, let's see, just in case Ryan Williams doesn't bounce back. He had two injuries he's coming back from. He says, thank God I didn't come back last year because I wasn't ready. I wasn't fully ready for my first injury, so that getting injured was a blessing in disguise. And their line is horrible. Yeah, and now, now they have a better offensive line. So I, it could be either way, but you're right. It, it is it is June, so you gotta take you got to take this and follow the news. I like Andre Brown. I know you mentioned Brown a little bit, Fabs, only because the Giants, you could see, they go to him exclusively, and they're going to go to him exclusively when they get inside the 10-yard line. They'll give him the ball three straight times. Ahmad Bradshaw, as much of a, a an okay fantasy running back as he was, was still in the top 10 with red zone goal-to-go uh, touches last, carries last year. So I think he's going to inherit those. So I think while Wilson gets the headlines, he's going to get the touchdowns. I really like Jaquiz Rogers. I, li I like him and Danny Woodhead both. I think both these guys have the potential for 500 yards rushing, 500 yards receiving, seven to nine touchdowns. The Chargers know they can't trust Ryan Matthews, and we we've seen that already. Woodhead's a, and he already was a top 25 running back last year anyway, but Woodhead doesn't get that that sort of attention that the other mm -hmm. guys get. And I think Rogers is kind of like a young Darren Sproles. I think he, he's going to get better and better. I'm not a big believer in Steven Jackson suddenly rediscovering the fountain of youth. His statistics have declined the last few years. So I see both of these guys as 500, 500, seven to nine touchdowns, and guys you could play as your flex over the course of the season. Yeah, and you know I guess we. Should to remind people that if you go to nfl.com backslash or forward slash draft kit you can pull up all of our rankings all of our sleepers and uh you can see where fabs and i write concisely and jason writes the old man in the sea so <laughs> actually the old man in the sea is kind of a concise novel so and you can also, you can also <laughs> sign up for your you own like fantasy league yeah. on nfl.com right now uh mock drafts are not open yet but they will be open at some point in june so uh, it's coming up very quickly here, guys. I mean, I can't believe it's June already. It, 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 where is the offseason it, gone? It, it's amazing. To back in your point on Jaquiz Rogers, because I like that one, the cool thing with him is he can hide behind the line. Uh, he is so difficult to see back there, and that's a little bit like Sproles. And if he can uh, develop what Sproles has, that ability to run that little swing route, catch a ball, secure the catch, and make the move. And that's what Sproles has done so well. How many times, Jason, do you see it where a running back is so worried about making the move, he doesn't secure the catch, and you have you get no play out of it? Sproles always he looks the ball in his hands, he makes the catch, and he trusts his quickness to still be able to make a move and make that first guy miss. And if Rodgers can develop that, he could be a true sleeper. You know what I like about Rodgers? He's 5'6", two inches shorter than me. So that means you're underachieving. 
Not <laughs> you could be a bell not, cow running back. Not too many. You could be a bell cow. Well, a bell calf. At five. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I'm just picturing that scene from Rogers. City Slickers when he was feeding the calf yeah. with the bottle. Rodgers is no bell cow, but uh, I actually maybe have a little bit more faith in Steven Jackson than you do. I, man, the guy's rushed for over 1,000 yards in eight straight seasons uh, behind questionable offensive lines at times with very little support from the passing game, with very few opportunities to score touchdowns inside the red zone. Now he's going to get him. Remember, in five years in Atlanta, Michael Turner didn't score any fewer than 10 rushing touchdowns, and I think Jackson could get at least eight this year out of the backfield. Well, and, you know, Michael Turner was never known as a pass catcher. Steven Jackson exactly. is, has excellent hands. He's yep. caught a lot of balls. I believe Steven Jackson caught 90 balls one year. I think it was 2006. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this is you know, 2013. 2013. I, I get it, but if you've caught 90 balls in an NFL season, you have good hands. Sorry. You're running back. You catch that many passes. Steven Jackson's a more complete back than Michael Turner. So even Fabs, if he doesn't get to that 10-touchdown level, he might make up for it, particularly sure. in a PPR yep. league. Yep, yep. All right, so those are our sleepers. Again, we have everything on our draft kit right now, nfl.com slash fantasy or nfl.com slash draft kit. Sleepers, busts, breakouts, bargains, strategies. Our mock draft is coming up in a bit. Let's go deep sleepers now, guys. You know, these are guys that you expect to get in the eighth round or later when you're looking for something, a diamond in the rough. You're trying to make a stab. Your draft isn't going as well as you wanted to. you got to fill holes. Elliot Harrison, give me a couple of deep sleepers from you. Well, you would go to me first. Why not? Because, you know, here I am. I figured you. I figured you had you had a uh, uh, well, you know the word I besides just like lineage. The fact more. That, uh, I figured you had a quota of of deep sleepers. I like for the us. fact that Smith now knows the definition because I remember having to define all this stuff for you yep. guys. You're like yep. Fabiano. I got six <laughs> categories. I don't know who to put where. What the heck is the difference between a deep yes, sleeper that's and what a sleeper? I said. What's, I don't know what a deep. Yes, I said that. I don't know what a deep sleeper is. Yes, well, you just said Smith. No, no jets on any of your list. That's all you said well, to me. Well, I, I like Chris Ivory. <laughs> and it kills you to say that you no, like Chris Ivory. Yes, it no, does. No, it doesn't. The Jets are still going to stink. <laughs> I just like that you went to me first because your computer is like Jaquiz Rogers. Mine's like Jim Kleinsaucer. This thing moves. Kleinsaucer. Like, you know, Kleinsaucer yes, had some fantasy value over about two seconds in Minnesota. Now, deep sleeper, sleeper, the, the line can get a little murky. I have Le'Veon Bell as a deep sleeper based on where I think he's going to go in the draft. But that could change. If we keep hearing that he's going to be the number one guy in Pittsburgh, he's not going to be a deep sleeper. When I wrote this, I looked at him as a deep sleeper. Uh, Gio Bernard, a top running back to go in, in the draft. Benjarvis Green-Ellis is what he is. He's no great shakes. We've seen the prime of his career. This is what – I don't think there's any more upside to law firm. I think this is what he's yeah, going to he be. he hit his ceiling in New England. Yeah, uh, and I'm not saying he's a bad player, but I think Gio Bernard has a tremendous amount of upside, so all things being even, he'll end up being the guy that, that could potentially get a lot more carries. And then you got Monte Ball in Denver. Uh, you know, no Sean Marino. They're uh, reportedly being very careful with him. Uh, and again, with deep sleepers, look, it's guys that you're going to be taking in the 12th round. Again, Bell may end up going way before that. But if you're taking guys in the 12th round, 13th round, you're rolling the dice. You know, you're not expecting these guys to necessarily be a thousand yard back. You're hoping that they're going to be somebody that can maybe start three or four games for you. Yeah, it's a it's a bye week guy. It's someone that if you get an injury at a position, you can plug him in because you never know. Yeah, th these are the guys you're going for. I mean, obviously everybody wants to say, okay, I want to get a guy in the eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth round who is going to turn into a superstar for me. But that doesn't happen all the time. You're looking at guys. Okay, who's not going to kill me? Who's going to give me that added oomph that I can get there? Bryce Brown. That's what you're hoping for. Without with, the fumbles. Without the fumbles. But what Bryce Brown gave you last year is like, wow, I got some quality starts here when I wasn't expecting it. Mm -hmm. I think Fabs is actually in a league where it was a fumbles-only league, and he had Bryce Brown, and he won the league. Stop it. Isn't that right? Yeah, and Mark Sanchez was my quarterback. <laughs> oh, I got he, an he, extra he won the league all by himself. For butt fumbles. <laughs> What did, what did you get for the uh, fumbled snap when Tennessee was trying to hand them the game? Uh, did you get extra I ran away with that lead. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Ran away with it. Give, me a, couple away of with give it. me a couple of deep sleepers. Well, Shane Vereen is a guy that I really like. You, know, you talked about Danny Woodhead being a top 25 running back last year in standard and PPR leagues. Well, now it's going to be Vereen who inherits a lot of those touches in that New England backfield. And I've seen him come off the board past around 10. You know, he, he is not a guy that people are looking at in the first eight or nine rounds. So Shane Vereen, a guy who uh, don't confuse him with Ben Vereen, it's Shane Vereen. This is a kid who can catch the ball in the backfield, showed a little bit of uh, upside at the end of last season in the playoffs for the Patriots, so there's one player to target. Another one, Emmanuel Sanders in Pittsburgh. Looks like he's going to start opposite Antonio Brown. Mike Wallace is now in South Florida, and Emmanuel Sanders has always had issues with injuries, especially his feet. 
if he could stay healthy, I could see this kid going for 800 yards, five or six touchdowns, somewhere in that range. And another guy that I really like who doesn't get a lot of talk, but Jordan Cameron in Cleveland. Now, Rob Chudzinski's come over and is the head coach there now. And Chud is the guy who helped Greg Olson really have his best statistical season last year in Carolina. They really like Cameron. Remember, Ben Watson is no longer in the mix. He's gone. He's in New Orleans. And Cameron's a, a really athletic guy, good hands, pass-catching type of player. And in that offense, which should be much improved under uh, one Norval Turner, Cameron could catch 40 or 50 passes. I always liked Alan Thick better than Cameron. Alan yeah. Thick. Yeah. yeah. Stop yeah. it. But would you like better, Kirk Cameron or Candace Cameron? I don't remember Candace Cameron. Ken, she was in Full House. I, I, and she's married to Valerie Burry, the former hockey player. I, Pavel Burry's little brother. You're amazing. Well, I just, you know, I figured you brought up the... Smith's got a lot of... Like, Show me that smile again. No, you know, it's funny you mentioned Rob Chudzinski. Who hasn't he helped to his greatest year? I mean, think about it. It finally took him this long to become a head coach. He made Derek Anderson a pro bowler. Yep. Cam Newton became a fantasy stud under Chudzinski. You know, Steve Smith had a, had a big resurgence to his career. Here's Greg Olson, and now here he is. I mean, maybe he could do it, but he's got a great track record to do that. Yeah, and again, you know, the tight end position is so full of question marks this year, especially after what happened last season at that position. What a mess. That a guy like Jordan Cameron could be worth a late-round flyer and become a, a viable matchup-based starter, or who knows, maybe even a top-15 tight end. You know, and I like Vereen, too, because not only for, he's going to inherit those those carries, but you saw that Stephen Ridley wore down towards the end of the year. Do you think, okay, no big deal, but he puts the football on the ground. And that is something Bill Belichick is not going to have any patience for this year. If he comes out, I know we're saying playing the if gamer, but you're talking about deep sleepers. But if he comes out and he puts the ball on the ground a couple of times the first Agreed. two, three weeks, Shane Vereen's going to come in and Agreed. it's going to be his job. And there's no Woodhead in there anymore, right. as you mentioned, playing in San Diego. Fabs, got a question for you as a Cowboys guy. Michael uh, Faviato, by the way, has just put up all kinds of pictures of Ben Vereen. Yeah, don't there's, draft him. It's yeah. Shane Vereen. Okay, you went Vereen. to Google and yeah. you you put you typed in Ben Vereen, and there's four full lines of pictures of Ben Vereen and one of Fred Willard. Yeah, that doesn't make. It. He I kinda, don't know how that happened. He kind of like in this picture, he kind of looks like Marshall Falk, like as an older guy. That's oh, a little, okay, a little bit. Yeah, he does a little bit. Yeah, I'll give you a little bit, Marshall Falk. Yeah, okay, a little bit. All right, go ahead. All right, go ahead. What's going on, Harrison? <laughs> show me that smile. Uh, Listen, you again. know you've done this show for what? This is the third year now. We go off in all kinds of different directions. Yeah, but usually so. you're pulling up pictures of chicks, not Ben Vereen. Well, anyway, you know what? <laughs> Point, by the way, <laughs> well, Kate, he, he had to get rid of Kate Upton out of his Google search. No, yeah. Kate Upton is no. You dated her sister, so you're done. I didn't date. What are I you, you dated, Didn't you date her sister? No, I did not. That was Dior Baird. Oh, Dior Baird's sister. Yes. Oh, okay. I thought it was Kate Upton's sister. Oh, God, I wish. Oh, okay. I met her sister. She worked for the Jets, and one of my best friends back home, Bill, is a huge Jets fan, and when they were completing the stadium, we got a tour. Uh, they were giving early tours to people who were you know, potentially season ticket holders, that kind of thing, and we just got in there because I had a connection, and uh, I didn't even know it. It was Kate Upton's sister, Christy, I believe. Really nice, really attractive. Harrison, right up your alley, right up my alley, and... Um, Really sweet. She actually just got married. I, I, I saw I was I was like looking at Twitter and Kate Upton had posted a picture of her sister being, you know, in, in the wedding. And so I sent a message to Kate hoping she would say something back to me and said, oh, your sister is a sweetheart. She gave me a tour of the Jets stadium with my buddy, blah, blah. blah. I didn't get a response, Harrison. See, no. if I had the mug that you got, maybe I would have got a response. Maybe. I write the songs. But I didn't get one. <laughs> You know, one a major goal, uh, I think, for our, our fantasy podcast and on Sirius is uh, to have more. We need more female callers. By I the know way, there's a lot of. Would you lot... stop? Can't you meet somebody no, outside of work? Would you calm down? Go to one of those websites. Go to Match.com. Go to Nerve. Whatever hey, the, the dot com geez. thing is. We have and loose. You would meet people. We have information that, that <laughs> says that 10% of all fantasy players are female. And, you know, I think a lot of them don't don't call in and don't ask questions. And I'm just saying that I, I think they should. Shouldn't be scared. Get in there. Get we'll, in there. We'll have we the should, Bella Twins on this season yeah. for sure. We so should have a couple. We should have a separate podcast where we get 10 women who are fantasy football players. And it's like The Bachelor. And Elliot picks one. Oh, and boy. each week he narrows it down. Maybe it's, you know, <laughs> one week is what? what's our theme this week? This week our theme is football players of the 80s. And you give them all quizzes and the one that passes, you know, you eliminate one you know each week. You know what's sad? 
is that I bet you if you actually put together a good pitch, Bravo or Spike would pick that up in a New York minute. Sure, starring you? Yeah, No, I just mean that's the the kind of idea that's running these days. (laughs) But I want to ask you, Fab, serious question. As Mm -hmm. a a Cowboys fan, you follow the team very closely. Mm Mm-hmm. Joseph Randall, I had in my deep sleepers, yep. and I did not. It's I wanted to one. circle back to check back if any of us, uh, our colleagues, also had him. But the reason I put him is DeMar- you didn't read mine. I have him right here. I'm looking at his name right here. I, I had I, him right here. I did not. Like I said I didn't circle back. You don't pay I, attention to me at I, all. I, I, I didn't circle back to anybody's <laughs> deep sleepers. We want to uh, circle back. I'm telling you, oh, it's right there. But Joseph Randall, <laughs> you know, Demarco Murray has proven Jason to be a good back, and also proven to be unavailable. And what's a player's best ability? His availability. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? All I needed was for Jerry Jones to hear him say he envisions a timeshare with DeMarco Murray and Joseph Randall. And look, Murray's been he's been when he's on the field, he's been good. But you know what? He doesn't score touchdowns, which is which is number one thing, which is a big deal, which is what Randall's gonna do because he's got the size to run inside. So on the goal line, I can see him getting the football. I would rather wait. DeMarco Murray is going to be someone that comes off the board late second round, early third round, somewhere around there. I'd rather wait and take Joseph Randall late, take a different player. I, I got uh, misquoted on that. Uh, I, was, I was trying to mend fences with Ratliff, so I offered him my timeshare down in Cabo, and the reporters uh, misquoted me. Oh, was that up on your draft board that everybody got to, uh, fake Jerry Jones? Was that up on there? Let's not talk about the Cowboys anymore. <laughs> I'm still soured over the draft. I'm sitting there while you're asking. I'm looking at Fab's depressed face over yeah. there. Fab's it Joseph is Randall. sad, isn't it? High on him? Not high. We were high on him. Are well, you high on him? Well worth a late round flyer. Why not 14th he fits or 15th into round? that deep sleeper category because the guy ahead of him on the depth chart is injury prone. And Randall's dealing with a thumb injury. He should be back and Felix in Jones time for training camp. no longer resides in Dallas. Now he's in Philadelphia. Another big mistake by Jerry Jones drafting him. All right, let me throw a couple of quarterbacks at you. I got deep sleeper-wise. Sam Bradford, number one. Finally, I mean, it's been, for the last few years, it's been Bradford has always come on the end of the year, but he's never had weapons. Now, finally, he's got weapons. The running game is in the hands of Richardson, a little bit of peed. They got Tavon Austin in, can be a mm-hmm. mismatch guy in the slot. Finally, it seems like the Rams have things going forward where we're taking advantage of our number one overall pick and giving him help on the outside. So I like Bradford a lot, and I like Ryan Tannehill. I didn't like him at all last year, but seeing what he did a year ago, had a couple of 300-yard games, he was much better than I thought. Now you're adding Mike Wallace, you're adding Brandon Gibson, Dustin Keller, Lamar Miller's taking over the running game, so this is going to be suddenly a potent offense. And don't forget, he had over 200 yards rushing last year, ran for a couple of touchdowns. I don't know if he's going to run for 200 yards this year, but he's someone that can get in the end zone, can run a couple of bootlegs, get in the end zone. I think Tannehill and Bradford are are two of those deep sleeper number two future quarterbacks where if something happens, you need to flip your starter. You know, one of these guys could turn into something for you this year. Yeah, you know, a couple points on both of those guys. We'll start with Tannehill. Uh, What hurt you in fantasy if you had Tannehill sitting on your bench or if you were in a deeper league, 14-team league, had some injuries, whatnot, is he wasn't getting you the touchdowns. That was the problem. And this year, hopefully, maybe Mike Wallace. If Mike Wallace is a 12-touchdown guy, then you're doing great. The problem with, with Tannehill isn't necessarily the yardage or the mobility. He's just got to throw scoring passes. That's something he didn't do. Regarding Sam Bradford, the only problem I have with Sam Bradford, Jason, is they are relying on young players. I mean, you're relying on Tavon Austin to basically fill a role that Danny Amendola filled very well, even though Amendola did get hurt a lot. They picked Stedman Bailey, who a lot of people, it's Austin's teammate, uh, and he's married to Oprah, isn't he? Oh, oh no, that's Stedman Graham. Oh, Smith. Boy. Wow. That, what, when am I going to get to make a Stedman <laughs> joke? Starting with the Come bad on. jokes. Come on. Married to Oprah. That's, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a big joke. I'm just saying that Stedman Bailey was a guy that a lot of people liked as their third-round pick who could end up playing very quickly. He was a teammate of Tavon Austin's at West Virginia. The problem is, is that when you're playing – and Brian Quick, by the way – who's also only a second-year player, you don't really have that veteran guy that that you could say, oh, man, this is where the Rams are going the with football. The offensive skill well, positions Jared are Cook, so Jared young Cook there. Might yeah. be, yeah. Jared, oh, Jared might Cook be is, fallback, I was yeah. just about to say, Jared Cook is probably their best option in that sense. Fabs, who do you like better, Tannehill or Bradford? I like Bradford better. Tannehill has got better weapons around him. He's probably got a better-looking wife, right, Harrison? <laughs> but... Tannehill, I, I need to see more from him. I, I really do. And another thing to remember, too, guys, is that the position is so ridiculously deep 
that he won't even be drafted in most leagues. I mean, you're talking about Tannehill being, what, the 23rd, 24th, 25th best quarterback in fantasy football yep. right now? He's not even going to be drafted in most leagues, so you can sort of sit back and wait and see what happens with him uh, as the season goes because you're going to have two good quarterbacks. You could have Matt Ryan and Michael Vick on your roster. You could have Tony Romo and Matthew Stafford on your roster. You have, in our mock draft, Robert Griffin III and Tony Romo. So Tannehill is someone to watch for sure, but not to draft. Definitely. I, you know, I think it's a, a real interesting commentary on uh, the 2012 season and how spoiled we were. Just the other day I was on the radio. I was talking about how Viking safety Harrison Smith had a great rookie year, and a lot of people didn't even notice. When you have rookies like Andrew Luck and RG3, you know, and then Russell Wilson coming on like he did, you expect a guy like Ryan Tannehill to be awesome. Ryan Tannehill had a nice rookie season, but not nice enough. As yeah. Fab says, it's so the position is so deep, yeah. and it's even a little bit of an anomaly because when are we ever going to see a season like we had last year with three rookie quarterbacks perform that well, not only in reality – but fantasy. Yeah, remember we said that a year ago. No one's ever going to have a year like Cam Newton, rookie quarterback, coming in. And now, yeah. and now we're seeing it. like every year we but say But nobody it. had, so that's why we based our our, our thoughts on the past. Yeah, and, but now the league being more quarterback-driven, I mean, guys are coming in and they have to play right but there's away. Been like a there's been like that gradual trend of it. You know, you saw it like starting with like Joe Flacco and Matt Ryan, and then Cam Newton came along and had a really good year. And then, boy, four guys last season were, were just fantastic, three or four guys. So... That's what the league has become. But does that also mean that guys who don't put in good numbers as rookies, well, maybe the learning curve is a little bit bigger for them. Tannehill's numbers as compared to Russell Wilson, uh, compared to Andrew Luck, compared to RG3, boy, they were they just paled in comparison. All right, we're going to have some rookies coming up, but remember, sleepers, deep sleepers, who are our breakouts, who are our draft bargains, what strategies do we like to use, all of it on NFL.com slash fantasy or NFL.com slash draft kit. Now we're going to get into our draft. As I said, we had our first mock draft here at NFL Fantasy Live. A lot of twists and turns. Some things that stood out that really stand out. Again, you want the results? NFL.com slash fantasy, NFL.com slash draft kit. Let's start with number one overall. This is going to be a debate that people are going to have from now to the beginning of training camp. Arian Foster, Adrian Peterson. You could really just flip a coin because both these guys are great, but you got to pick one. And you know what, Fabs? One of the new features we have this year, fantasy points allowed, might help you put one guy in that number one spot and the other guy in the number two spot. Yeah, th this one to me, guys, is a real toss-up. And people on Twitter have been telling me that I'm insane because I'm sticking with Arian Foster. Arian Foster, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but last year he scored more fantasy points than he had ever scored in a single season before. But Peterson was so good that everyone was all over him and boy the guy's a cyborg coming off of a major knee reconstruction and has almost 21 rushing yards and just had a fantastic season but Foster had a really good season as well and he's been the better running back for the last three years combined if you look at the average fantasy points scored Arian also has the second easiest schedule among running backs based on fantasy points Adrian Peterson has the second and Adrian Peterson's matchup proof but again Foster's got some really very good matchups coming up. So the one issue I have right now is the calf. We have to see what happens with this calf injury that he sustained in OTAs. As long as there's no setbacks and he's and he's back in time for training camp, Foster's number one. He's done nothing, nothing uh, to deter me. And even if you think about it a little bit further, and you guys know how I always talk about beware the magical season, I know Peterson's great, but 2,000 yards again? Let me give you a stat. You love stats. You love stats. Maybe not as much as me. Well, maybe Harrison does. But the running back to rush for 2,000 yards who had the next best se the, the best season the following year was – go ahead. I know you know it. I like how you, you pointed me. What, what if I actually didn't know this one? Would you be – how disappointed would you be? I saw the smile. I know you know it. So go I, ahead. How, how disappointed would you be? I just want to know. I, I wouldn't be disappointed in you. You think – Just tell me who it is. I know you know You think that I'm going to go Eric Dickerson, but I'm, I'm no, not – No, it's not. I'm not going to Eric that. Dickerson. Yeah, if I had to go, it's not Terrell Davis because remember he tore his ACL. And it's, it's not OJ Simpson had a had an average 1974 campaign. The I would say, and it's not Chris Johnson. I would say it's Barry Sanders. It's Barry 1998. Sanders. He rushed for just under 1500 yards. He is the only running back to reach that level of success one year removed from a 2000 yard season. Chris Johnson's numbers went down. Jamal Lewis's numbers went down. Dickerson's you know went down as well. Uh, still had a very good season and. and 
Peterson could still have a very good season rushing for 1,600 yards, but he's still losing right off the bat. That's 40 fantasy points. So that's why I like Foster a little bit better. He's been more consistent. And another thing that I found interesting was before 2012, Peterson's fantasy points had dropped in three straight seasons, Mm -hmm. had dropped. He has always sort of dealt with Knicks, you know, bumps and bruises, missed a couple games here or there. And uh, you can't go wrong either way. But to me, the number one pick right now is Arian Foster, barring a setback with this calf. Well, it's Foster for me, too, and you kind of hit on it with FBA fantasy points allowed. Like I said, it's something new on the site this year. You get to see how players are performing. Do they have an easy schedule in fantasy? Do they have a difficult schedule in fantasy? And that does it for me because, yeah, because, Elliot, Adrian Peterson is matchup proof. So the fact he has the second toughest schedule of any running back, all right, I don't really care about that so much, but the fact that Arian Foster has the second easiest schedule for any running back, that's something that makes him, I'm taking him number one. I, I like both the points that you guys are making. I was leaning Peterson, but I, I think I've changed my mind, Arian Foster. And the reason why is I don't see really any way that, that Foster is not relied on in that offense. Andre Johnson's not getting better at this point. Andre Johnson is going into his 11th season. Okay, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is the, the kid they got to play the other side. He's a rookie. We all know that rookie wide receivers generally mm-hmm. struggle in the NFL. It's probably the hardest position to adjust to from college ball to to being a rookie in the NFL. Meanwhile, the Vikings, they can't possibly be as big as one-trick pony as they were last year. They went out and signed Greg Jennings. Kyle Rudolph is now a little bit more seasoned. They just drafted a wide receiver in the first round, Patterson. So Christian Ponder is probably going to be a little bit better, guys. So what are the chances the Vikings need Adrian Peterson to run for 2,000 yards? Yeah, and, and look at the numbers, as Jason was mentioning, for FPA. Uh, Arian Foster is going to be playing 10 games against teams that allowed 17 or more fantasy points to running backs last year, and that's both home and road. He also has six games against teams that gave up an average of more than 20 points per game to running backs. So he's got a very, very enticing schedule. And again, this could all change. The calf injury becomes an issue. Well, you know what? Adrian Peterson becomes the number one guy. Foster probably drops and stays somewhere in the top five. But at this point, Arian Foster is is the number one pick, in my opinion. I guarantee you, though, Peterson's probably going to go in more drafts uh, ahead of Arian Foster than not. Jason? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be Foster. I think right, n- right now it's tough because you hear, oh, we're not going to see him till then, but there's a long way between now and uh, For a lot of things, for Rob Gronkowski, there's a long way between now and August. For, for everybody, that's for Trent Richardson, there's a long way to be between now and August. So unless we hear something that develops you know, horribly over the next few months, I'm sticking with that. Well, I've got a little trivia for you, Uh-oh. for both of you guys. I know a lot of our listeners love numbers. We just talked about, Fabs just said, what's the, who's the guy that had the most yards rushing after a 2,000-yard season? Can you guys <coughs> tell me what running back holds the record for most yards combined over two seasons? 3,913 yards. Two? Just two no, seasons, just two consecutive period. seasons back-to-back. Two consecutive seasons back-to-back. 3,913. No. Well, you would... Th- well, it doesn't necessarily have to be a guy who rushed for 2,000 yards, though. Because yeah, but if can... Barry Sanders went 2,500, all he's got to do is catch 400 yards and passes for two seasons. And we're talking just, just rushing, rushing yards. yards. Just oh, rushing oh yards. just rushing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just Sorry. rushing yards, yeah. So uh, fa- uh, so Sanders would have had about 3,500. And you're saying how 36. much? 36. This guy had over 3,900 yards. Terrell Davis? No, no. Terrell Davis went down the down the... The toilet after that 2,000-yard season. Yeah, but season. don't forget the seasons before the 2,000-yard season. Ah, is that a hint? Yes. Is that a hint? This guy Jamal, had... Jamal Lewis? This guy oh, had no. one. Jamal this Lewis. guy was one of the best rookies in the history of the NFL. Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson. 1808 and 1983. I'm not looking at my computer, but I'm, I'm pretty sure... I trust like, you with stats. And 20, yeah. 2105 and 84. Oh. How about that, guys? How, what if that happened in today's world in fantasy? Be great. Our computers would blow up. Yeah, <laughs> three thousand nine hundred thirteen yards from scrimmage. That guy ran. I mean, from so rushing. upright, he was like a gazelle. Oh, he he. You know, Terrell Pryor kind of runs like Eric Dickerson. When you yeah, see him I run, see it that. seems like he's not going anywhere. And Deion Sanders the same way. Guys, it seem like they're really not moving. And guys, the other guys look like they're in mud. No, I agree. <laughs> and there have been very few backs that have run that way. Eddie George a little bit. Chris Warren. Uh, the old Seahawk yeah. was a guy played that, for the Cowboys. That played yeah. for the Cowboys ran that way. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, well, speaking of running backs, in our expert draft, Arian Foster did go number one overall. Adrian Peterson went number two. But the quarterbacks is what everybody's interested in. And here's some of the stuff we saw. Again, this is our expert draft. All this right now, you can get it, nfl.com slash fantasy or nfl.com slash draft kit. Take a look at our mock draft results. In these are the quarterbacks that were available sixth round or later. Here's who went. In the sixth round, Cam Newton and Russell Wilson went as the final picks of the sixth round. Seventh round, RG3 went. Now, that was me. Now, granted, yes, you took RG3. Now, granted, RG3 in the seventh round, likely because of his injury situation, yep. he'll move up if he gets healthier, closer to training camp. But still, RG3 in the seventh round. Then you look in the eighth round, Tony Romo goes. You took quarterbacks as back in, to back. As insurance. Right, as RG3. insurance because you don't know how he's going to be. And then you get to the ninth round, and here's Michael Fabiano with Matt Ryan in round nine. And Matthew Stafford who went from a first-round pick a year ago in the 11th round, a guy that threw 700 passes last year. Wow. He was He what went in the 11th round with the third pick. And then you're him? getting into backups. You're getting into Michael. Who Vick took Stafford? Uh, Akbar. 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 The Admiral. Akbar Bajabi Stafford. Fa- fantasy owners, and you know what? I, I try not to get too wrapped up into this. You have to base value off of the previous season to a point. But people get too wrapped up into what a guy just did, uh, especially if that guy doesn't have some sort of pedigree. So, Remember Donovan Steph- McNabb was on the show with us, and he said Matthew Stafford's not going to have a good season. St- see, but I, I think Stafford, he almost threw for 5,000 yards last year, even if he has, say, five or six more touchdown passes, which is not out of the realm of possibility. He had only 20 or 21 Last season, after having forty-one, that's, that's right. I mean, yeah. th- that's an he had twenty of, touchdown passes last that's year. That's an increase. He of ran for four, twenty, twenty-four points uh, from a fantasy perspective. I wouldn't mind at all going into a season with Matthew Stafford as my number one quarterback because you know what it would mean. I'd have a young quarterback who's going to throw for right around five thousand yards, who has twenty-five touchdown potential on the low end. And the rest of my team's going to be stacked. Well, yeah. and look, you know, Stafford, they oh, their number two wide receivers guys just went down last year. I mean, yeah. Nate Burleson went down. Titus Ryan, Young. Titus Young. Ryan Broyles. Well, they're, banking, they're banking on – they yeah. said they like the fact that Broyles – they didn't add anybody, which tells you what they think of the guys that are coming back. But isn't he coming back. off an ACL? Yeah, Broyles I, is coming back off injury. But, yeah. Uh, I saw Nate at the draft. He, was, he says he feels great. Uh, you know, and then their tight end Pettigrew did not have a very good season. He yeah, he was so pass they threw to him. You know, we do we we do batching Mike during the season. I assume we're going to bring that back. Sure, but if we don't, I, I'm going to throw out a matching Mike question. Mm-hmm. Okay, to you two guys, between these three, how do you rank them? Romo, Ryan, Stafford. What order do you take them? Ryan, Romo, Stafford. I'll, I I'm a big believer in the bounce back year. And I, I will go Stafford, Romo, Ryan. Wow, Ryan last. Yeah. Interesting. Why Ryan first for you, Fabs? Because of the weapons he has in the offense. Gonzalez is back, Julio Jones, Roddy White. Uh, an improved passing game, which should also help. Uh, I'm sorry, an improved running game, which should also help him in the passing game. Because as we mentioned, Steven Jackson is a very prolific pass catcher. So I don't see any reason why Matt's, Matt Ryan shouldn't have as good a season uh, in 2013 as he had last year. So, Jason, you were saying, I believe, that Matt Ryan went in the ninth round, right, in our mock ninth draft. Round, Romo yeah. went uh, in the eighth round. Romo I remember trying to decide between Romo and Ryan in the eighth round. I, I just could not decide. You know, Romo decide. has the easiest schedule among quarterbacks this year based on and, fans. And, and, uh, and that's, yeah. that, when I looked at the schedules, that's what pushed me over the top. You, you jumped me there. That's yeah. exactly But what I'd be honestly, if, if I could go in and stack the rest of my team and you could guarantee me that I'll have one of those guys as my quarterback, I can guarantee you, know happy you I'd be? Be that great. you will. That's, look, that's what happened. Can we tell that's our – dude? Okay, but Well, you, you talk about a top in, in a 10-team in a league, a couple of these guys are going to be backups. If you're going ten team league, because because right now well, Stafford, Ryan, Romo are right around I, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, I. I you think R- Ryan will last till the ninth round? Average. He or, did. Well, see, here's the thing with the way that we draft and the way that the average fantasy fan drafts is going to be two different things. Because they so, like to take quarterbacks sooner, right? Which yeah. you shouldn't do. So, I was in an experts league draft uh, probably a month ago. Do you know that Aaron Rodgers went in the fifth round and he was the first quarterback taken? Fifth round. I almost took him there. And you guys know I don't like to take quarterbacks uh, in the first five rounds. And I ended up, I can't remember if I ended up with Romo in the ninth or tenth round. I, I don't remember exactly uh, uh, the, the complete makeup of that team. But I was shocked. But that's what happens in these experts leagues. It's not going to be the same thing 
in uh, you know in, in the leagues where people are just out there having fun with their three quarterbacks their will family. go in the first round. You, know, you would think take so, and, and you'll see eight quarterbacks come off the board in the first you know three to four rounds. Not the way we would draft, but what you need to do is sort of watch what the flow of the draft and it does, and then that'll dictate what you're going to do. So if I'm in one of these leagues where quarterbacks are going to go, and I know I'll be in one of them because I'm in a league with my friends and family back home, and they jump on quarterbacks, well, then maybe I'm not going to be able to wait till round nine to grab Matt Ryan or Tony Romo, but I'm still going to wait as long as I can. Yeah, and you know that's something I wrote about, about how following the herd is kind of what you have to do in fantasy football. It doesn't pay to be a guy that says, well, I have a strategy that's going to pay off because the thing is is that like being an experts league, you know how much I like taking a guy like Aaron Rodgers as early as I can. In fact, when he was on the board in the third round, and I'm saying to myself going, boy, I just went Doug Martin, MJD, and if I could go Doug Martin, MJD, and then Aaron Rodgers is right there, I'm going to take him. But Aaron Rodgers went the pick before me. So I'm like, all right, I don't have to worry about that. So then I made a move. I took Randall Cobb in the third round. But if you're in a league where you know everybody's loading up on running backs in the first round, you have to get a running back. Because you could say, well, everybody's getting a running back. I'm going to get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but your next best running back is going to be Steven Jackson. you know, Or it's, or it's going to be somebody – or it's going to be DeMarco Murray is going to be the guy you're going to get in the second round because they're all going to be gone. And so you tell me what's a better situation. If you go in the first round and take Doug Martin and then you, know, you come back later on with Stafford or Romo, or if you get Aaron Rodgers, but your best running back turns out to be – you know, DeMarco Murray. I mean, you're not very happy with that, and you're running back. Or you could be in a situation where I'll take a quarterback first. I don't like the running backs, so I'll take Julio Jones in the second round. Then your first running back turns into Kenny well, Chesney. I'm going to gamble on <laughs> Kenny Chesney. You, yeah. I'm going to gamble will, on Mike Goodson. You will hate you know? yourself if you don't draft a running back in the first round. And you will hate yourself if you take a quarterback in one of the first four to five rounds. I'm telling you, unless you're in one of these crazy leagues where you start two QBs or the scoring system really favors the signal callers or your friends just all are quarterback crazy, just say no to the quarterback, my friends. Do you ever feel like we're all drafting in, like, the SEC? I mean, you know how all those teams beat up on each other? I mean, you know, like, you just it's hard to get an advantage in our draft, you know, because yeah. we're all thinking the same thing. Although, I have to tell you, Jason, I was in a, in a mock draft with, with Fabs, and I was, we were sharing his computer. I had to physically – there was an intervention. This is what I'm basically going to – fantasy intervention – I had to put my hand on Fab's wrist and pull it off the mouse. He was about to take Nick Novak over Aaron Rodgers. I was like, Fab, I, mm, Fabs, I, it. I get you? it. Yeah. I get Novak. it. That was good. Uh, you know, but it it because I know how highly he values kickers and defenses. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Fab's Except always says exactly. first two picks are always kickers and defenses. Wait, wait, but I had a stat. Now I can't remember what it is exactly, but uh, I'm going to find it, and, and this this will give you this will give you an idea of uh, okay, we make fun of kickers. Kickers can help you win. Kickers can help so you win. So can defenses. Give me. Give me Harrison the top four rookies based on fantasy points last year. Give me the top four. Oh boy. Give me the top four. RG three. Based on fantasy points. Yeah. Okay. RG three is one of them. Yes. Number one is I, Robert I, Griffin wait, the third. Yeah, okay. Don't All don't right. give me the uh, I think Blair Walsh was one of them. That's where I'm going with this. That's where I'm going Blair with Walsh this. Blair Walsh was three. Doug Martin was Two. Two. Blair Walsh, three, or Blair Walsh, four? Alfred Morris. Alfred Morris, was three. three. Okay. Okay. Then you had Trent Richardson was four. Number five was Blair Walsh. I thought, I thought Blair Walsh was, was even Blair higher. Blair Walsh. Well, hey. You know, he had more fantasy points than any rookie wide receiver, any rookie tight end. You know how many 50-yard field goals that now, guy now we're not, last Now, year? we're not including – remember, we're not including quarterbacks. So, you know, because those – that position is going to score more points, uh, regardless because of the nature of it. But if you're taking, if you take the quarterbacks out, running backs through kickers, Blair Walsh, <laughs> that's unbelievable. Didn't he hit no. 10 50 yard field goals? Yeah. Remember, year? we thought it was going to be Greg Zerline with Legatron. Legatron. He had that, he was, the first six weeks that were great, then the Rams Walsh, stopped scoring. Walsh had 10 50 plus yarders and seven from 40 or higher. That, that's amazing. Amazing. Legatron's run lasted about as long as it was that spinoff show of Friends with the guy. Oh, Joey? Joey. With uh, Drea DeMatteo? Oh, I think that gosh. lasted 13 episodes. Oh, by the way. Horrific. I think you're right. I've started getting into Arrested Development. Because well, it's about everyone time. Everyone is, everyone is, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always late to the party. I've made a huge mistake. Thing. But, stop it. <laughs> no, that's from Arrested Development. I've made a huge mistake. Very, very funny show. Portia de Rossi. Ooh, la, la. Yeah, but wait do you see Portia de Rossi in the new ones. You're going to say, what did she do to herself? Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. What happened? Well, let's just say seven years is a long time to, you know, she aged. improve yourself. 
Ah, so <laughs> so you're telling me she had a facelift. Hey, yeah, I don't know for certain. I just go by what I see on the television. Yeah, I don't know how we got to Arrested Development, but I just no, to throw that in there. No, it's absolutely okay. I would like to press you guys on a on a topic. Well, you're talking about kickers. It covered, this is cover two press you're going to do? Okay, <laughs> hey, we, hey, you and I did the cover two a few times. We uh, did, podcast, that's right. The old cover two. The uh, defenses. Yeah. What? Give me an under-the-radar defense that that fantasy owners should take in the one of the last two rounds that's not one of the obvious ones. Well, Give obvious, me a sleeper defense. Do we consider Cincinnati a sleeper? What about Arizona? I think Arizona's a sleeper. I would Patriots? not consider a Bengals. St. Louis? No, nah, the Patriots have been good. Yeah, but see, I, I, can't, Louis, I, can't, I can't call, Patriots I can't call Arizona because they play now in, a, in, in that tough division now where everybody scores points. How about Tampa Bay? Is that oh, a sleeper? That's interesting. Well, do you, do you believe yeah. in them? I, I'm, I'm throwing I know, it out there. I, you, you can't get a good response from Jason Smith because they took the best player the Jets ever had. All right. <laughs> have, all right. I'll give you one. How, that won't happen. How about the Miami Dolphins? I know you like them because I read your column. Yes. I know you like them. I do know that. They, they picked up Darnell Ellerby, right? Yes. Yep. Um, Brent Grimes. Right, the cornerback. Yep. So, And who did they draft third overall? Deion Jordan. Do you think? Boy, he, they're... Keep in mind, you know who's that, on the other side standing up. That's boomer bust. It's boomer bust. But when you've got Cameron Wake standing on the other who, side, who, by the way, is yeah. an IDP machine. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's one of your top three he's IDPs. A stud. Yeah, he's a, well as a Jets fan, you're probably sick because I've seen Cameron Wake just destroy the Jets almost <laughs> by himself. That's all right. Muhammad Wilkerson's going to be an IDP machine too this now, year. I'm I wasn't worried. bagging on the Jets. I'm just saying you've seen Cameron Wake yeah. firsthand as yeah. a Jets fan and yeah. how good. Uh, that guy is. I want to throw out one other defense out here. You oh, by the way, just real quick, yeah, Patriots defense. By the way, fourteenth round. So you talked about defenses going hey, in the last couple well, of rounds. Well, they Patriots sh- defense in our mock draft went in the fourteenth well, round. That's where that's where they should go. Defense took Patriots. Is, I did, but did there's you? always going to be people who say in the eighth round, "Oh, I'm going to go get the best. I'm going to take the Bears defense in the eighth round." Cause but they were so the good Bears last defense year. is not going to be, be as good. I know, but what I'm no saying way. is, you're going to get nope. people in in your draft. People are going to start taking. Someone's going to take a defense in the eighth round, and then someone's going to take one in the ninth round, and a couple people take them in the tenth, eleventh round. No one is going to wait till the end. You should wait to the end. Because you're going to wind yeah. up changing your defense and kicker all the time. You're going to play matchups with your defenses, but they're going to wind Anyone up going. Anyone who doesn't be take a kicker with their last pick has some issues, and they're probably not going to do too well in their fantasy league. And the same thing goes with the defense. Obviously, there's all kinds of scoring systems, so who knows. But if you're in a standard league, a, a very traditional league, just wait. Just wait. Play the matchups. Unless you get, like last year, I got the Bears, and obviously I'm playing them just about every week. But Play the matchups against these teams. There's, there's going to be some bad offenses out there, Harrison, like the Jaguars, like the Cardinals last year. Dear Lord, with all those awful quarterbacks they had, yep. any defense you played against Arizona was putting up points. Well, I, I would, who's your other defense? Who's, who's your I'd like to say in? I think the Dallas Cowboys could be good. They had eight starters go down to injury last year. They're switching to a 4-3. They have Monty Kiffin, and their defensive line coach is Rod Marinelli, who, oh, by the way, spearheaded – Fantasy's best defense since I don't know when. Fabs. When's the last time a defense scored two hundred and what the Bears did two, last year? Yeah, they had like two twenty two or something like yeah. that. Yeah, the Cowboys are going to have Sean Lee back healthy, playing middle linebacker. Bruce Carter back. Anthony Spencer, Demarcus Ware as pass rushers on the end. If mm-hmm. they can get any kind of safety play, and oh by the way, uh, Morse Claiborne and Brandon Carr, are two pretty good corners. Randy White will be healthy. Randy again White this will year. be healthy. What does that Tampa two defense do? They let you complete passes sometimes in front of them. Okay, but they create fumbles, they create turnovers, and they get sacks. And that's fantasy points. And if Dallas can stay healthy, I think they sneak in that top ten. All right. One other thing, one, and again, all this stuff, NFL.com slash fantasy, NFL.com slash draft kit. You want to hit us up on Twitter. We're there, Harrison underscore NFL. I'm at How About a Fresca, Michael underscore Fabiano. Any questions, all links. We're tweeting out everything so you can see all our draft kit content. One other thing that I think is is kind of that needs to be pointed out here is that Remember, you know, even 10 years ago when you would set your draft, it would be, oh, this is going to be awesome. The whole morning we're going to go and meet. We're going to go and have breakfast. Blueberry donuts. The draft is going to be three and a half hours. It's going to be great. Two years ago, and that's where we are now with computers and how how fast things are with all the websites, especially NFL.com. Two years ago, your fantasy draft probably came in in about an hour and a half, which is okay. That's pretty good. Last year, our drafts we did came in in an average here at NFL Network, came in an average at an hour and 10 minutes. This mock draft we just did. Now, this is in June when there's so many questions out there and, and you, you have a lot of things going one other way or the other. This draft came in in 51 minutes. So 
51 minutes. That means if you're picking 15 players, you're picking once every three minutes. Gone are the days where it's, well, all right, we made our pick at number two. We got a long time to wait and see when it comes back to us. You're picking again in three minutes. And guys are coming off the board real fast. You try to keep up with it. This is why you really have to prep earlier because you're going to be taken by if – you, if you say, oh, I'll do my normal prep and I'll come in, and suddenly it's, well, what am I do? Suddenly I have a minute to make a pick, and I don't know who just went, and I don't know what happened up here, and, and boy, do I take a running back now wide receiver? Because you have to be ready because it's, it'll be 45 minutes next year, 40 minutes the year after that because that's how fast these picks go. You start questioning yourself, like, when did Willie Galt retire? You know, <laughs> you're just uh, – <laughs> Eric, Eric one of the uh. One of the things that I hear people complain about the most who don't play fantasy football is that they don't have enough time. This proves to you that you don't need that much time to play fantasy football. <laughs> you can't take an hour less out of your day to do a draft and a, a few minutes, you know, three times a week to set your lineup, put in your waiver claims, that kind of thing. Then, boy, you really got to be a, a very busy person. This is, brings up a, another topic that's very relatable to the draft, and we haven't touched on it at all. Uh the fun of the auction draft. We did a mock auction draft last and year. And we will really, be doing another one. Really enjoyed it. Uh, what do you like about the auction draft as opposed to just you know the regular typical draft that we do? My favorite part is that I can I can bank I can bet with myself and see if I'm right because I'll, what I do is I like to write down a group of players who I want to target who I think with the varying money you're going to spend these are my guys that I believe are going to have big seasons and whereas in a regular draft you're going to miss out on most of them because other people are going to take them you can sit and wait and say you know what I don't need to bid on on a guy right now because I want to wait and bid on this guy so I'll have like ten or eleven guys that I think are going to have breakthrough bust out seasons and I like to take them and then obviously you're betting on yourself and you see if I'm right with these guys breaking through so that's my favorite part is that I can really target the guys I want I want to have on my team because I can say I really want to get Torrey Smith Boy, I think he's going to have a breakout year as the only guy catching passes Dennis Pitta will be the number two he had kind of a breakout last year a little bit and now you can say well but I don't have to worry about someone taking him in the sixth round now I can wait and maybe get him for How much am I going to go to get him? Am I going to go to $8, $9? There's so much more strategy when you do that. Last year, we had our mock draft, and we did did it this way. And I was gambling that at the end, I'm going to get Matt Ryan. I'm going to save my money to get Matt Ryan. So I said, I got enough money to save for Matt Ryan. I'm good. I got $11 left. I said, $11, Matt Ryan. Chachi over here goes, oh, $12, Matt Ryan. So he went with Matt Ryan as his quarterback. Matt Ryan had a huge year, and you know what? He's had a little bit more money left than I did to be able to get him. The best thing about it is that everyone is available to you. If you're willing to spend money, you can get whoever you really want in terms of your top players. So, And it, it is a lot of fun, too. And the best part about it, aside from the fact that everyone's available, is that I love like the end of an auction when I've got a whole stack of fake cash and everyone else is down to $10, and a big name gets nominated, and I know that I got more money than everybody, and I'm getting them. I love that. I absolutely love it. What I think is interesting, real quick, is that you build a roster in an auction draft, and it may look like a really good roster through and through, but you can't play all those guys. Yeah. So just because you're consistently good, well, you got to remember those guys are sitting, so sometimes it is good to maybe even overbid on two big studs because if they stay healthy, you're going to win. And the guy that has the best roster roster all the way through is going to lose because he can't play all those guys. He's sitting them on the bench every week. So there's our draft philosophies. Again, you can get all of this NFL.com slash fantasy or NFL.com slash draft kit. Don't forget our draft kit show, our first NFL fantasy live draft kit show on NFL Network Friday, June 7th. You're gonna, it's going to re-air a couple other times. So in case you miss it, set your DVRs, be able to get it. All information like this and some pretty cool stuff, pretty new f- cool features that we're going to have on the website on NFL.com and, of course, our NFL Fantasy Live show, which runs all through the football season. Now, everybody wants to know about rookies. All right, Not a lot of breakthrough rookies, rookies that we saw. Some of them we kind of like. Some of them we feel, eh, you could do better. Fabs, give me your number one fantasy rookie right now, the guy you think is going to have the biggest impact this season. Somebody I mentioned earlier, Le'Veon Bell. Perfect situation uh, in Pittsburgh where they're going to run the football and – he is deceivingly good as a pass catcher despite his size. Right now, he is the top rookie. And remember, who is the number one rookie taken in this draft, right? Harrison, I know you the, know the answer. To that. Well, the number one running back rookie is Gio Bernard. That's exactly what I meant. Um, and typically, if you look at recent history over the last five years, 
typically that first running back drafted is not the best running back in fantasy. Well, Bernard's not going to be the best running back in fantasy. It could be Le'Veon Bell, and this is a guy that, again, I really, really like. He's in a great situation to succeed, but so is Monte Ball, assuming Willis McGahee is uh, on the outs in Denver, and Eddie Lacy as well, but Bell is my guy right now. Well, you better look out for Jonathan Franklin there in Green Bay. It may not be uh, Lacey, but I, I we've had differing opinions on the show. Not on this one. I'm I'm with Fab, so I think it's Le'Veon Bell. Steelers did a running back by committee last year. It worked out sometimes. Other times it didn't. They had protection problems, which means that, you know, obviously you, you got to make the defense think, you know. Otherwise, they're just meeting at the quarterback. Mike Wallace is gone. Heath Miller is coming off an injury. So that Pittsburgh passing game is now relying on Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders. And then the other thing is the Steelers spent a very high pick, well, first-round pick, on David DeCastro, the guard out of Stanford last year. He got hurt. You get a good quality guard back, you can run the football. And I think Pittsburgh is going to do that. And I could easily see Le'Veon Bell having a 1,000-yard season as a rookie. All right, I'm going AFC East. I'm going a very high-profile rookie. Of course, I'm going Geno Smith. No, I'm not going Geno Smith. I, I really like Robert Woods. I mean, I know some of the you know these running back situations. You know, you went to USC, to right? Yeah, well, yeah. In fact, we get reminded of a thousand times a day here at NFL Network because everybody that we went we work with went Harrison, to USC. Has there ever been a USC wide receiver not named Keyshawn Johnson who is, by the <laughs> way, now? You know, chasing Justin Bieber around. I hope he catches him too and beats us in a Prius. I hope he chases him around in a Prius. And that little brat. But anyways, uh, he's the, he's the real thing. You USC, USC wide receiver. I mean, Woods. Mike Williams. You know, I, geez, well, Mike Williams thing was he? Jeez, Louise. They they have had some real season. huge disappointments at the wide receiver position once they got to the NFL. Yeah, but remember we talked about last year, Boise State hasn't had anybody come into the NFL totally and play well. What are you, what are you talking about? You they have got, had nobody come in. Doug Martin came in and was great. You have a trend of USC wide receivers not doing well at the NFL level. Boise you, State wasn't a trend of having have tr- no players come in they, and play well? How good has that school been like for the last couple of years? Very good. Before that, meh. There were nothing. Yeah, but you're they talking about getting, guys coming in. You're just ticked because you got the whole Doug Martin thing wrong. You know, I'm, I'm just ticked because we took year. Kyle Wilson out of Boise State. We should have had somebody well, else. Listen, if ago. you think twelve, I mean, twelve catches and 167 yards in a season is quality. Therefore, R.J. Soward is really somebody that Look, I would. Uh, I just, Robert Woods. I get into those trends. It's the same thing as Notre Dame offensive skill position players. They they all stink when they get to the NFL. At least most of them do. Uh, he's he's the real thing. This guy he wound up. Seeing his draft stock drop, he had a bit of an ankle injury. And, of course, Marquise Hill, who went nuts opposite him, he's going to be a first-round pick this year in the NFL. But he was everything. He dominates defenses. He, he can go up very aggressive in traffic and catch passes. This guy's something. Stevie Johnson's moving to the slot because we know what Steve Johnson is. So he's you that would kind draft of Robert Woods ahead of Bell, Ball, no, because I can get Robert Woods late. I can get Robert Woods late. I can okay. I can draft Eddie Lacy. The fact that I think Austin, he's going to be the best rookie, Austin. but I can take him later because Woods people are going to take him. Woods over Austin. Ooh, that's close. That's close. I tell you, to me, that is not even that's close. That's close. Well, you know what? I can't get Tavon Austin as late as I can get Robert Woods. I can get Robert Woods in the 12th or 13th round. You know round. why? No one else wants him. No, I'm telling you, dude, the Bills picked him in the second round, and nobody's talking yeah, about him. Yeah, they picked E.J. Manuel in the first round, and everything you hear about that guy is raw and project. <laughs> well, hey, we heard raw and project about a lot of guys, and they turn out to be pretty good. Jason, you remember Tommy Bradford's friend, Ernie? He worked at the Cluck and Chuck. And then he took Tommy <laughs> Bradford's girlfriend yeah. from him. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you always kind of secretly hoped that... First of all, Ernie would cut that kind of Bruce Jenner hair. He actually looked—he actually looked like Apollo in Battlestar Galactica a little bit with his hairdo. He drove a purple van, I think, and he couldn't ever get have. A, and he couldn't get a better job than the Cluck and Chuck. That's like USC wide receivers. You always hope, you know. You sit there and you hope and you hope. I'm trying to talk in I'm your sorry, language. Look, right I'm talking both Smith. your language right here as we finish up the podcast. Who are you taking first, Apollo or Starbuck? In a Battlestar Galactica Ooh. league. Can I tell you something? I've never once watched that, and I have no idea well, what you you're know talking who Star- about. I'll tell you. You know who Starbuck is because you were a huge A-team kid, weren't you? No. I thought you were. Starbuck was no. face. Uh, Dirk and, and Dirk Benedict. Well, I, I mean, I watched the show. I, I wasn't a huge A-team I thought kid. You were an, I thought you were an A-team kid. <laughs> he had the A-team no, lunchbox. <laughs> no, not so much. Not so much, pal. Jason Smith, Elliot Harrison, Michael Fabiano again for all of your needs on Twitter at Michael underscore Fabiano. I probably watched more episodes of Growing Pains than I did that that show. I was, show a, I was a Silver Spoons guy. Were you? Family yeah. Ties. Silver. I, I loved Erin Gray. Oh, my God. She was so beautiful. She was. From Silver Spoons? Oh, yeah. She was good looking. 
I'm at How About a Fresca. He's at Harrison underscore NFL. Don't forget NFL.com slash fantasy, NFL.com slash draft kit for everything you need. Hopefully you get to see the show this week, and we'll be back soon with another podcast. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.